In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. Okay, so if you were to have the same meal every night indefinitely, what do you think you would pick? Hmm, that's really hard. Um, and if it's easier, you can pick a genre of food. Okay, okay. Like that's definitely Mexican. Yeah, that's definitely easier. Chinese. Okay. Indian pub food or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) I don't know if that's like, I don't know if that's a genre, but um, I know what you mean. Um, hmm. I do think genre wise, I would choose Italian. Interesting. Okay. And I think it's because I like carbs. I th- <laughs> okay, but also cool. I think I feel like maybe the most probably not the most but I feel like the most diverse things that I like could be offered out of that I could do a pizza okay I could do a pasta true I could do a chicken parm okay um mm-hmm. I feel like I could be good with technically salads salad exist there yeah I feel like I could be set with antipasti that. yeah I think I could be okay. Ooh, like tiramisu, some good dessert stuff. Yes, lots of dessert options. <laughs> that's really important. Um, yeah, that's a good choice. That's a good selection. But I don't know that I could do just like one meal dish. Yeah, like when like I've like if I was on death row and I had to like choose my last meal, that would be difficult too. True. Yeah, I mean it's difficult for a yeah. lot of reasons. No, I, I guess you're about to die, but like yes, I but still <laughs> just like choosing only one last thing or one thing forever. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about that this morning because like I had a really excellent um, Thai dish that I've never had before last night for dinner, and um, I like realized that. When it comes to food, I tend to be quite sort of like habit oriented. So I'm like, oh, when I get Thai food, the things I get are pad Thai or pad siu. That's like what I get. And so last night I got this other thing called cow soy. Hmm. And it was really effing good. Is it noodle? And I was. Yes, it's like, and it was actually kind of perfect for last night because it was kind of crappy and rainy out. It's like coconut milk 
soup. Oh. Ooh. And then soup. with... I do love a soup. Yeah. <laughs> I do too. A soup is great. Um, especially an Asian noodle yes. soup. In Especially. Especially. Yes. So this is like a coconut milk soup hmm. with some noodles, some soft noodles in it, and a bit of chicken. And then on top comes... Like the crunchy noodle mm. bits. Mm. Um, so it is. So it is a, a noodle soup. Like it's not onion. like a, a pad thai or a pad siu where it's like a noodle dish. It is a noodle soup, right? Okay. Yeah, I would say it's almost sort of in between soup and noodles because okay. I don't think it's as much liquid as you would get with soup, okay. but it's more liquid <laughs> than just dry noodle okay. alone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be to be so, fair, there are a lot of I I I gave my genre, and that's because that's the genre where I feel the most comfortable with the most different items that I could choose from. Uh, I'm yeah, sure if yeah. I knew better and was more adventurous, I could choose a different genre and still have just as many options. I just feel also with like my stomach issues, I feel like I would fare better with like Italian than something that was, um, you know, more greasy or more um, yeah. heavy in different ways. I mean, I know Italian can be heavy, but yeah, yeah, that's hard. I would, let me tell you, is I would probably not choose what they choose in the movie that we watched. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, because I was, because they have Indian food. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, could I eat Indian food every night forever indefinitely? And the answer is no. And for me, no. And it's I could. And it's not, not for me. No offense. Yeah. Um, but it is. But it is a type of food for me that I. I feel like I have very specific things that I like. So then I feel like I would be very limited in my choices. Yeah, like I really like buttered chicken and I really like any form of vindaloo mm-hmm. um or tagine you know like are all these things but like I guess tagine is actually more middle eastern but yeah I don't know enough uh, like and also I would say like when it comes to like the foods that I order in or like you know the different uh genres of foods that like are on offer yeah. Indian food is absolutely the one that I sort of forget about. Same, and we don't um, have a we don't have a lot and, of. Like, and I know some people really love yeah. it, like, but it's just it's not my like. If I'm in the realm of like, I want to order some kind of, um, broadly speaking, like Asian cuisine. Mm-hmm. I'm like Chinese, Thai. Those are my like Sushi, top something. Picks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, and we don't have a lot of. Um, Indian restaurants like around here that we like do order from or can order from I feel like it's just not as many like available so I just don't really even have the knowledge to yeah um choose that as as my meal forever (laughs) yeah although that being said last night so this so this is the takeaway um that I had from last night which is sometimes it's nice to get out of your comfort zone yeah. and order a thing that you don't know what it is. That's true. And so, anyway, so may, who's to say? Maybe if I were 
always having Indian food every night for infinity, <laughs> maybe I'd discover some new things. Yeah, I would, one would hope. Um, one, I mean, at least you would hope that if you one, had to have it every night, you could have the selection of some different yeah. stuff. Types of things. Well, anyway, welcome everyone to see you next week in space. I am Sarah Walsh and I'm here with my sister and co-host Amy Walsh. And I'm sure, Amy, they are wondering the hell are you what talking about? What the fuck we are going to be talking about this week? Uh, well, uh, wait no longer. We are talking about the 2022 uh, Pete Davidson, Kaylee Cuoco <laughs> vehicle, Meet Cute. Indeed. Indeed. Um, and so the IMDb description of this is actually not a description. It's a question, which is weird. Um, and it says... What would you do if you could travel to your loved one's past, heal their traumas, fix their problems, and change them into the perfect partner? Um, And I guess that's somewhat really... I mean, I guess that describes the movie to some degree. I guess Um, it does. It did did a little bit confuse me when the movie started because I thought we were starting at a different place. But... I figured it out. Um, Meaning, I i mean, we'll talk yeah. about it, but, like, I thought they were already in a relationship, and she was... Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Um. So, this was interesting because, as you said, it, it's a 2022 release, so it was actually shot in August of 2021, so it was, like, the somewhat COVID times. Mm-hmm. Um... And I think there is something about this movie that feels a bit like a COVID movie. Right. Um, And I don't just mean like the Groundhog Day of it all because (laughs) I absolutely felt like my life was Groundhog Day. Yeah. Um, During the pandemic. Which is a small cast maybe even? Just that? Yes. That it's like, yeah, it's like two people effectively and that's it. Um, a, A lot of like interior shots that are clearly like... Hardly anyone else is in them. Yeah. Um, that sort of thing. Um, and then I, so I became aware of this movie because Amazon Prime told me about mm-hmm. it. That's the only way I knew this existed. And when I looked online for information about it, there is not really much to speak of. Yeah, I had um, seen it come up on Peacock actually whenever it came out. And I was going to watch it back then. I, and I just, like, never did. Um, so then when you said that and I looked it up, I was like, is this the one she means? Um, but the, yeah. And then when I looked at the description, I was like, okay, that's – I guess that that's in the realm. That could be it. But then I was like – then I did get in my head about it. And I was like, is there some other, like, alien movie called Meet Cute that, like, I don't know? And uh, – <laughs> I'm watching the wrong thing, and then we're in one of those situations again. <laughs> well, that, I mean, now I guess that will forever be a problem of, like, concerns about watching the wrong thing. <laughs> um, but, no, you were correct. And let's see. I'm just looking. So on Rotten Tomatoes, it has an overall score of 59%. Hmm. And, and so, like, that's the critical review, and then the audience review is 60%. So everyone thinks this is a D movie. That's kind of sad. Um, like, this movie <laughs> gets a D minus. Um, I would rate it higher than that. Uh, I'll say, I mean, but, we won't talk, we won't, like, 
step on like the end, but I would rate it higher than that yeah. overall. It's it's nothing like I mean, to write I guess, home about, I suppose, but it's not Yeah. I don't know if I would say it's a D. Well, I mean, I think that's basically what I was able to surmise from the little bit of like online research that I found about it was like everyone was like, yeah, this is fine, but it's not anything particularly special within the genre, which I had kind of forgot this was even a genre. There are actually a number of movies about time loops and romance. Yeah, I do know that. And I will say time and loops, time loop movies are a struggle for me. <laughs> and like yeah. non-linear stuff, really, it really is. Like there was a couple times where I was like, wait, why does she have to do that? Or like I really had to like think about <laughs> it for a second and be like, Okay, so if she's her from 24 hours in the future, like it really is like difficult right. for my brain to comprehend. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I had kind of like forgotten that even actually Groundhog Day is a rom-com yeah. about a time loop, uh-huh. you know? And so, um, yeah, I had been, I was just like, oh yeah, this weird. There are other ones. <laughs> There's I'm like trying this to whole, think. Um, I know. I mean, the time traveler's wife, technically. Yeah. I don't know if that's a loop. I don't. Yep. I can't remember. But it's it's less a loop. But I I mean I guess maybe rather than saying time loop, but like a time travel romance. Yeah. Movie also, is like definitely a thing. Uh, premonition is one. That's also I don't know if you would consider that a oh. loop, but it's a time travely uh, time. And even weird I one. suppose. Maybe even that one that we watched, Predestination, right. maybe mm-hmm. fits into that in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I and I guess I would agree with that take on this one, which is like, this is fine, but it certainly isn't like cutting any new ground. No, it's kind of a nice lighter loop. look at it. I will say that. Like, I definitely like appreciated some of the like, lightness and silliness of it I mean the fact I guess we'll talk about it but the fact that the time machine is a tanning bed is pretty funny right Um, and I did like I did like the nail salon lady yes I did as well (laughs) so that's a good entry point let's talk about the cast you already mentioned that the main two characters are played by Pete Davidson and Kaylee Cuoco um the character Sheila is played by Kaylee Cuoco 37 um, which I also kind of enjoy because Pete Davidson is only 29. Yeah. Um, so I like I like when the age gap is reversed mm-hmm. um, because we've seen a lot of a lot of movies where it's like a 45 year old man and a 25 year old woman. So yeah, that's over. That's it's tired. nice to have that switched around. <laughs> um, in terms of Kelly Cuoco, I mean, most people know who she is, and they mostly know her from Big Bang Theory, right. I guess I would say, mm-hmm. um, probably more than anything. Um, what I didn't know is that she actually did, like, modeling and commercials starting at the age of six. Uh-huh. Um, so she is a child actor turned adult actor. Yep. Um, and she also apparently was in Eight Simple Rules yeah. to Date My Daughter or whatever that show mm-hmm. is. Um, which I didn't know. I mean, I never watched that. I had no. No, but I think yeah, she talks it. a lot about like 
John Ritter and stuff because I think he was like a mentor mm-hmm. and stuff. She's also on a show yeah. that and- I watched a little bit. Called the flight attendant. I forget what. If yeah, it's on I've HBO seen that or what, but I've, she's good in that too. Yeah, I've seen that ad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she also does quite a bit of voice work. Yeah, um, so she's kind of, I don't know, all over the place doing well. Mm-hmm. And then the character of Gary um, is also uh, like Pete Davidson is obviously also doing really great. <laughs> um, his very first credit was 10 years ago wow. when he was a mere 20 years old or 19 or whatever. Um, on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, he oh, starts really? being a regular cast member. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, he starts being a regular cast member on SNL in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, as you mentioned, Bodies, 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 that's like one of his more recent things. Um and he's got four upcoming projects. Yeah. So I think he's fine. Oh, yeah. I, he's think we'll, I mean, and he's got that. we seeing him for a long time. Oh, yeah. He's got that one that was about himself, King of Staten Island. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what I was d- distracted in this movie about was I was trying to see if I could see his tattoos being covered up. Um, because uh-huh. I know that he's, like, getting rid of a lot, like, permanently but like he has a lot of neck tattoos and like hand tattoos and stuff and I was seeing if I could see like through makeup to see if I could see them to see see through makeup you were hoping to have (laughs) x-ray vision I was just trying to see if they did the makeup well enough and I could like I felt like there were moments where I was like I can feel like I can see a hint of something um Mm. well I mean I guess I know this sounds very judgmental but I am glad to hear that you are saying that he is exploring the removal of some of his yeah, tattoos. Yeah, he is. I think it's mostly the uh, real visible some ones. Some of them really did look very crappy. Yeah, well, like, and he just, he was one of those people who did some dumb stuff when it comes to tattoos where, you know, and whatever, do what you want. But um, he got tattoos of people that he was dating, like, not very long. And it's like, that's not a good choice. <laughs> Um, right. So you then I have just to get feel it like I up. don't understand. I don't understand the desire that many a person seems to have of like a tattoo of someone's face. Yeah. Like real or imagined. <laughs> like I'm just like, why have you got someone's face? Well, yeah, and I and on your body. And to be fair, I like, don't think I don't he know. had any like faces on him in terms of like his his exes or whatever but like he got I know when he was dating Ariana he got like a little like bunny thing that was like one of her whatever symbols yeah or something. and then he got something I think when he was dating uh, Kim Kardashian that was like even like her kids names or something and I'm like what are you doing um oh, God. I might be wrong about Pete. that I know I might be wrong but I think the reason he's actually getting them removed it's harder since he's getting more roles in movies that I think maybe to, yeah, he wasn't yeah, yeah, expecting yeah. that to be more blendable right. and to make it easier, you know, he just gets them removed. Right. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I support it, Pete. <laughs> Not that you asked my opinion, but I supported it. Um, and then finally, the other character we need to know is a character named June, played by Deborah S. Craig who has wisely kept her age a mystery. Um, 
And that's probably wise because her very first credit was in 1993 on Clarissa Explains It All. That's hilarious. I wonder who she was. I wonder if she was, like, she must have been a teenager then. Yeah, wait, whoa. I guess, or Or quite young. Wait, 1993 is literally 30 years ago, so. Indeed. Isn't that rude? That's disgusting. Uh, So... So she could have been like a straight up kid on that. Who knows how old she is? Oh, interesting. I I don't. I don't. That's really interesting. Um, Yeah, she's done a lot of TV and like movie shorts. Um, I would say that it's, I got the impression from what I was looking around about her is like, I think she has done like, comedy like internet comedy mm. and it also seems like maybe she was doing some broadway stuff for rather a while um so she's only kind of just recently started to have success in like conventional like tv and movie type stuff okay um and she's got three upcoming things so you will see more of deborah s craig as as things go on, because she's quite funny. She is funny, so, and now, now that I'm, I'm we'll like looking her. at her up, like her, um, she looks really familiar, like from something else, and I can't put my finger on I it. I know. Um, I know she does. I was having that same experience of feeling as though I had seen her in something, and then when I looked at her credits, I was like, none of this really is ringing any I bells wonder if with she, me. So, oh, she was in Spelling Bee. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. No, she's great. Has a very good deadpan. Yes. So. That's what. We'll, we'll see her going forward, I'm sure. That's really funny. Oh, she, yeah, she's been in. Okay. She's been in, like, some stuff that I've seen. I don't know that she had, like, big roles in any of it, but, um, interesting. Yeah. So that's all we need to know, again, because like I said, I think this is, you know, this is a COVID movie, so there just isn't a lot of interaction between people, even. Um, So the movie opens up. Sheila is walking in slow motion to the song, Will You Love Me Tomorrow? Um, And that comes to have symbolic meaning. (laughs) I didn't Um, even think about that. And... From the start, so we start off in this bar and Sheila is staring at Gary, um, as I've described it here, with real intensity. Um, and she she stares at him with intensity a lot. Yeah. I'll say that. Like throughout this movie, she really seems to stare at him quite a lot in a way that like... I would not be comfortable if I was the subject of oh, that gaze. I mean, like, a real man person on a first date would leave. <laughs> I think, like, well, I don't. I don't even think it. In that case, it's like a gender issue. Like, no, man, that's why I said man know, person. You know when you like can, a man or person. <laughs> yeah, like uh, <laughs> either a man or a person <laughs> would <laughs> would decide not to remain. Um, because you know when you can feel someone looking at yeah. you? And, like, if I were sitting at a bar, especially if I had come to a bar by myself and 
kind of wanted mm, to, be, to be there to hang out with myself. Yeah. yeah. Like, which is admittedly kind of a weird choice, but I've, I've also done it. So I know yeah. the experience of yeah, that. Yeah. But like, um, if I felt someone staring and then I looked up and saw her eyes <laughs> staring at me, I would be like, call the police. It's intimidating. <laughs> like, just, yeah. I wouldn't like yeah. that. So, however, in this case, she gets called out by the bartender and I think this is actually like the first joke of the movie where he's like thirsty and she's like, what? And he was, you know, because of the joke of thirsty for a drink yeah. and thirsty for a person. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know how jokes work, Amy. You know about jokes. <laughs> I do. I'll just explain jokes to you. Um, so, and did you know that like the young kids say thirsty when they, when it's about like I did know that. wanting to get with someone? Did you know that? I did. And did you know that there's something called a thirst uh, trap and that's on Instagram? <laughs> well, it's more likely on TikTok, but yes, I did know about it. Oh, I mean, it first was on Instagram and now maybe it's migrated over to TikTok, but it's the same. The, yeah, it's the same thing. Way. Um, so she goes up to him. And they both order old fashions and say cheers, mate, at the same time. And Gary is quite, like, uh, struck by this, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And I will say one of the things that I did think was a bit clever about this movie in the realm of, like, the time loop love story movie. um, She's already, like, saying stuff under her breath that is, like, wait, what? Um, you know, mm-hmm. and so I did kind of like that because it was kind of, if not outright jokes, they were kind of clever things she was saying. I don't remember what she um, was saying already, but yeah. Um, and so then she tells him that she's from the future. She wastes no time with that information. She waits. Yeah. I, I will say, like, this movie is kind of nuts in the sense that like if if I a woman who is actively in the world trying to meet people <laughs> if I were within 5 to 15 minutes to to say to like to, to cuz like I guess the way Gary takes this is that it's a bit yeah. that she's doing yeah and I'll say this if I try to do any bit <laughs> as a part of a date, it would fail immediately and the person would leave. Well, I guess, like, you really have to know your audience. And in this case, we're assuming that she does know him already. But for a lot of people, I don't think that joke would land. Yeah, I mean, I guess what is kind of a weird thing about this movie is that even though at the start we think this is the first time that she's like ever met him yeah. or whatever, like, but in fact she's telling us it isn't because mm-hmm. she says she's this time traveler, right? And um, she's already like ordering I the same li- thing as him and saying the same stuff, right? Right. I would have liked to see the actual first time first date, yeah, like. How does she meet this guy to decide that he will take that that she likes him? Yeah. Or even that she will that he will take that information in stride and not just walk away. Right. Yeah. Right. That he that he's actually not only the type of person who can accept 
a bit as an opening gambit for dating, but also that the bit is going to be about time travel. Right. Like, that's a specific <laughs> niche of a man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, so, anyway, this works for him. So, they walk out onto the city streets of New York and head and do a bit of a walk around. Um, I really did like her dress. Oh, you did? That she wore. Yeah, the like kind of like gingham thing. I didn't like the shoes. There was shoes something she about it that it, I was though. enjoying. No, I didn't like the shoes she chose <laughs> with it. And if I were to get that dress, I would also need it to be hemmed so that it was above the knee rather than just below. Because just below the knee for me is like the worst length of anything that it could ever be. Yeah. Um, well, below the knee with a sneaker but I is did, just a, this an odd look. It's a weird choice. Yeah. It's a weird choice. Um, luckily, they only did a full body shot of her in that like a couple yeah. times. So. No, she, she was like, bitch, um, I'm tired. It's COVID. I'm wearing sneakers. Y'all can just figure it yeah. out. Oh, oh, for sure. Because they certainly had to walk around the city streets of New York for a number of hours. Yeah. So like that's perfectly fine. <laughs> um, so on their way to dinner, they're talking about their backstories and this I have found was a real head scratcher and again would only draw my attention because of who I am like Gary says that his dad was a traveling professor and I'm like yeah what does that mean what is that a thing I think what he was well I'm like by that measure I guess I'm a traveling is it like Like, professor Harold Hill Is your dad the music man? <laughs> That's what she should have said. That should have been her second bit. Like that. Oh man, because <laughs> that makes no sense. I mean, I guess like if yeah. You're, well, I guess if you're a professor that just doesn't have one, I don't know. I mean, I guess like because I was like, are they? Is that what they're? Tr- are they? What they're really trying to say is he's an adjunct mm-hmm. professor, which is different you know like a non-tenure track one where you would like you presumably actually work at probably like a few different universities at the same time is that what they're saying Mm. yeah yeah um I don't know man so it was weird but then her joke her joke is that her dad was a traveling alcoholic and I'm like hmm yeah you are really coming at this guy with a lot of stuff like full force like um, now in fairness to her, I have also made these mistakes on <laughs> dates. Um, and I'm learning that not everyone gets my humor you can't, straight you, you away. Can't, you can't <laughs> come into date one. And then the next thing they wrote here, you can't come into date one with the dead dad material. You have to like wait a bit. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I know. Like, Dead dad material, I mean, let's get it. It kills. But like <laughs> But I think um, the other person has to have either A experience a dead dad as well. Yeah, experience it or be somewhat maybe a comedian themselves. I don't know. Like Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a it's a niche one. Yeah. I mean, no, I like you can't Especially on a first date, and I don't, I don't like to be like the rules or whatever, but like it is, it is like this is off putting to people to like really go deep down into like, yeah, I think my mom's a bitch, and like, you know, my 
uncle molested me and like I've got a bit of a problem well, with know, like alcohol like you know well, like yeah. you just gotta like tread lightly you know what I think at first like, yeah absolutely and I think I feel like maybe the reason is for me anyway which I've not been on a first date in like let's be real like ever really but I think it's also this weird perception for people that like if this person has a fucked up relationship with family, how, and this might be like a crazy thought. How is this going to go? Right. And like, how will I ever build a family? Like if they have a fucked up relation to family and I, or like, I want someone who like, I want to be close with my mother-in-law. So if this person's mother is a bitch, like I don't want to be, do you know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe people don't think that on the first date, but like, um, well, I mean, maybe some people, I, certainly someone who would describe themselves as family oriented would, yeah. um, other people might not. But I think what it more is, is like, if the person you're speaking to describes most of their interpersonal relationships as disastrous, yeah. then you just That's a red don't want to be there. Yeah. Like, um, and so, yeah, she's, I mean, she's really giving him a lot of <laughs> juice that, like, um, I personally would not enjoy yeah. in the context of a first date. Yeah. Um, but she's very confident about then, it, which some people might appreciate. Like, she's yes, not. She delivers it very confidently. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then she says she's going to ruin his life because, <laughs> of course, she's seen the future. Um they go into the Indian restaurant. Now, I was trying to think, the place that they go into, is that, what is that part of town called, like, St. Mark's Place? It did, sort of, Saint- it did sort of look like St. Mark's. I couldn't really tell throughout, like, where they were so, sort of supposed to be, except for times when they uh, literally showed, like, the bridges and stuff. But other than that, I wasn't sure, like, right. what neighborhood exactly they were supposed to be in. But, yeah, that looked like a St. Mark's type of place. Which is yeah, over like because the they had the weird area. clothes. Yeah, like because it had the weird clothes like out on the street. Yeah, and um, and then I did like that restaurant. I don't know that I've ever been to one of them, but they they've been featured in other New Yorky things before, where it's like all the lights on the ceiling and it's like really intense. Yeah, I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. I've never seen one quite like that because it looked um, like they were also outside. Strangely. Am I crazy? Did it sort of look like they were outside? Maybe I'm wrong. It sort of looked like they were on like a back patio to me. That's how I was imagining it. Okay, I guess I was just uh, seeing it weird in my head. Yeah. I guess it was the lights were drawing me The next time I visit, (laughs) the next time I visit, I want to go to a restaurant that's got all those lights on the Uh ceiling. Just write that down somewhere. (laughs) Um, So then she explains about how she's traveled through time. And this is uh, the lightness that you were discussing because the time machine is where? At a nail salon and it's the tanning yep, bed. perfect. Yes. Um, and so she explains she's come back in time in a tanning bed time <laughs> machine that can only go back 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So that's the information we're given. Okay, great. Um, And Gary, once we return back to the restaurant, 
Gary asks, like, well, what have you ever thought about the fact that there's, like, a version of you from 24 hours ago who is also walking around? Mm -hmm. And, like, what have you done with her to make sure that she doesn't, like, interrupt this evening Mm -hmm. or whatever? And uh, Sheila is like, oh, man, I didn't think about that. Well, we'll find out what happens later. And wait, I have a question Um, about that in terms of time travel. Does that matter? Like it, like does that other version of her matter? Because like, what's the likelihood? Well, I think it. I think it depends yeah. because other time travel movies have brought this up as well, which is that you don't want to cross paths with your past self. Okay, because that would just, mainly like, screw because the, screw up their brain. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's part one. It would mess up the past person so profoundly <laughs> that presume presumably you like current slash future you wouldn't get to the the uh, moment that they're meant to get to because they're too fucked up over seeing future. <laughs> okay. Them. Okay. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, that's the thing that's difficult about all of these time paradoxes is like to describe. <laughs> How things work is very confusing. Um, So partially, you don't want to run into your past self because it will mess up the the pathway that gets you to your future that Mm, you need to be at. That's part of it. Um, There's also the thing of like, it might just rip apart time and space entirely (laughs) if you interact with yourself. Um, And then just as this movie also shows... The other general reason you don't want to interact with your past self is because you might mess something up other than your brain, but like you just might mess something up that you don't realize is actually quite important. Yeah. Um, And so there's, there's various kind of like time travel rules that say it's best not to interact with your past self. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to sort of like, take that player off the board yeah. the way she does. <laughs> but it uh but it's better to to kind of not yeah be around yeah. where you know you were, you know, twenty four hours sure, ago sure. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um so then they go on a boat ride, um, which I guess was that just meant to be like just like a crappy ass ferry? Yeah, I think so. I think was it was like, just like a yeah. They, there's a ferry that goes to like different like Brooklyn and different ports in Manhattan, and it just, sure. it's sort of like it's different than the water taxi. I forget exactly what they call it, but it is just a ferry because it didn't. It wasn't like the yes. Staten Island ferry or anything like that. Right, yeah. I mean, so they're on the ferry, and the only reason this scene matters is because Sheila points out, they, like, pass her childhood home, and she points out where it is and says the address. And then she also says this story of how she remembered, like, a very kind cable repair guy Mm -hmm. coming to the house. And this will be important for later. Yeah. Um, It was weird out of context, but I, yeah. Yes, but but again, she's been saying weird shit all night. Yeah. So, like from his perspective, I guess this actually okay. sounds more normal yeah. than some of the other stuff she said. Um, then they end up at a beer garden where 
Sheila then says, I, I was lying to you before. I do know what happened to the past version of me because I killed her with my car. <laughs> and um, that's a surprise for Gary. Um, but again, he takes it pretty well. <laughs> he does take it really well. I guess because he still thinks this is a bit yeah. that she's doing. It's getting darker, um, though. Her bit is getting this, darker as she continues to commit to it. And this it. is the thing. This is... This is why I'm like, bit as first date material seems a weird choice yeah. because, like, it's one thing to, like, have a bit that's like, this is a thing I'm going to do for the first, like, 15 minutes as an icebreaker, right. but then I'm just going to let it go right. and, like, it's fine. She's, like, doing callbacks exactly. to the bit. That's, see, that's where I would, that's like, where as the other person I would start to get worried. Like, like, the... I'd be like, do you know how to have a real conversation? No, I would literally like, think I might say, is, like, I'm concerned. <laughs> like, we need to drop I, well, this Well, yeah, bit. and like, I would... It was, it was cute, and it was... I'd be like, is this some sort of performance art that I have been <laughs> sucked into without my consent? Like, um... Yeah. It is New York, after and all. And you never So, know. like... Um, Either that or I'd be so, like, okay, this person is just like a little bit nutty and like maybe I can't handle it. Well, yeah. I mean, I appreciate that like there's a lid for every pot <laughs> and so that's fine. Like, um, but I know that for me, if I see someone displaying characteristics that I would associate with schizophrenia um, on a first date... That I, that's not my person. Yeah, I, like it, I'm just not cut out for what the life would be that would be being with that person. And yeah, I, and that's not meant to say that people with schizophrenia can't find love or they shouldn't. They're welcome to. I just feel like for me, that's not the pathway. Yeah, I will choose. No, like, I hear you. Um, so then, like, th so she says she's killed this <laughs> other version of her. <laughs> Which is also a weird choice, and there is, to me, this is where we get into, like, the time paradox situation, time travel paradox situation, because I'm like, if you kill your past self, then how do you remain in the present? Because you should have died on the road. Oh, that's such a good point that I didn't think about one morning single time. of the day. Yeah. Yeah. This is the time travel paradox stuff that is just like it will break your brain. Yeah. So it's better. Not I didn't to even, even. I'm too dumb to even think it. of that. I didn't even. That didn't <laughs> even cross my mind. Yeah, because a different movie would basically posit that as soon as you kill past Sheila, she disappears. Right. Like current Sheila. Yeah, well, disappears. that makes sense. But also is confusing. But yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So anyway, Gary spills his beer. Not seemingly because he's like I would be like oh I spilled my beer because I'm in shock that you've <laughs> rather cavalierly told me you killed because that's the other thing I'm like is this a bit or are you telling me you killed a woman with your car and is that are real? you a murderer like, like are you telling me you're a murderer yes. on our first date I don't know if I can handle this and that's another one, like dead dad material, not great on a first date, <laughs> alcoholic family member, not great on a first date, possible murderous rage, <laughs> not great on a first date. Like, and yet it all goes over completely well with him. 
And he just spills his beer for seemingly no reason, but the but then that's when we get this first line about like it's okay for things to be messy sometimes, and that like really hits a chord with him or something. Mm-hmm. So then they're like walking along the water in some park, and he says, like, I really liked how you said that thing about messiness. Um And she says that she'll see him again tomorrow. And he's like, what are you talking about? And then she's like, I've been on this same date with you a week. So she's done, this is like her seventh or eighth time doing this. Yeah. And according to her, every time she's come at him and like flirted with him or done whatever, the date works out great. Um, so she's like, you're obviously like really special, like this needs to keep on going. And he's like, okay, now, now, now I'm actually scared the threshold <laughs> on this bit. Yeah. Like now this bit, I don't like. Um, and so he leaves and she's like, well, I'll just see you tomorrow. Um, and she does. So the next day we see her kill past Sheila with her car, um, we get back into the restaurant, and um, now it seems like Gary is sometimes kind of anticipating what Sheila's going to say, yeah. even though Sheila doesn't necessarily know what she's going to say. And that's when Sheila reveals that they've been doing this for three months now. They've been doing this same date for three months. Um And I think what we're meant to understand from the fact that Gary can sometimes say things that she's about to say is that um, he is getting sort of like muscle memory, maybe, Mm. like you would say, from this. Like there's some sort of residual things, like every time she goes back, even though he can't technically remember, he's getting like impressions that are Like his body sort of remembers it in a weird way. Yeah, or like his mind or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is when Sheila decides to reveal. Now, again, this is from his perspective, a first date. This is when she reveals she planned to kill herself. Yeah. Earlier that day. <laughs> Trigger warning. Um, there is, there are, there are, um, through the rest of the movie, there are, um, she talks about suicide relatively frequently. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it becomes it becomes a major theme. Yeah. Um and again, so now it's like dead dad material, alcoholic family member material, murderous rage material, <laughs> suicidal tendencies material. Um this person is a family annihilator waiting to happen. <laughs> like just run away from a person like this. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's concerning. So what, what we see, however, is in a flashback to earlier that day. She goes to the nail salon and she busts in the door and she tells everyone, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> and June's responds with... What color? Um, which yeah. is actually like I mean, really that, that did make me laugh. <laughs> yeah. It's really yeah. accurate because... That made me laugh so much. I, well, and also that no one else in the nail salon says anything. They all just look at her, which is, like, for a nail salon in New York, like, I think very accurate. Yes. Um, yes. People are like, I can't be bothered. I'm getting my nails done. 
Yeah, I mean, that is, the vibe of that was like, one, I mean, in a nail salon, in any part of this great earth of ours, um, the the expectation is absolutely that you do not speak to the person doing your nails. Like, that is For the just most part, don't do yeah. Um, Unless they ask you something. And then if you've, right, um, if they want to talk, that's their choice to make, not yours. <laughs> um, and then if you've come to the nail salon with a friend, then the other understanding in the world of the world is that you guys will talk about the most intimate personal details <laughs> of your life in this public space and everyone will act like they can't hear you. Yeah, that is true too. Or you'll talk so, on your phone really loud or something obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is like the perfect summation and crystallization of all of that <laughs> vibe. Um, however, unlike the typical nail technician, June is like, how about you try this tanning bed time machine? You know, and I will say. Rather than killing yourself. Yeah. And I will say. I've gone to a nail salon a few few times in the city, and I am bummed that I've never been offered a time-traveling tanning bed. Yeah, I mean, this is, like, top-notch service. Yeah, I'm, I'm really bummed. Um, like, yeah. I'm not sure I'd do well in time-travel, we but still... <laughs> No, I, I like, again, this is the whole thing of it is like, it seems appealing, but isn't great. Yeah. <laughs> like, probably better not yeah. to. Um, but anyway, we return back to the actual date. And in a rare sense, I would say, a rare moment of self-awareness, Sheila seems to regret having told this story. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gary, because he's the sort of man that he is, quite likes this story. <laughs> he um, is a weird guy. And and that, too, should be a warning sign. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, non-binary people, if you are on a date with someone, and this is like any number date, but date one would be a really bad sign. <laughs> If you are on a date with someone who hears a story from your past that you would describe as deeply sad or depressing and they seem excited about it, <laughs> that's not a good person. Like, don't continue. Well, I mean, they, they could be an okay um, person, but it, but I, I think it's it's concerning because what they might be liking about you is that you have similar trauma and while that's not necessarily a bad right. thing it could be that you're liking each other for the wrong reasons <laughs> well or it's someone who wants to quote unquote save you mm. um so that means that they are actually fetishizing your trauma mm. and sadness to create some sort of hero narrative mm. for themselves mm. um generally speaking these are not, don't seek these people out. Um, because they're in St. Mark's place now, again, they are looking at these old clothes. They find a weird old shirt that says Gary on it. They buy it. Um, then we kind of get to 
this bridge in town, which I wasn't sure where this was, but I don't think it necessarily Was it when they're standing on the bridge? Um, Yes. And that's the Manhattan Bridge. Okay. Um, So this is where Sheila reveals that she planned to kill herself. Like, this was the spot she had selected. Um, And she gives some reasons as to why that spot, because, like, she was like, yeah, there'd be, like, no cleanup basically is what yeah, she says. Yeah, what doesn't um, really add up to me there is that bridge, like, and you can see it in the movie. Like, they don't hide it. You have to climb really, like, you have to really be good at climbing to get up and over the fence Yeah, like, situation. up over that fence. It yeah. would be a whole, you, like, a lot, I feel like a lot of people would have to see you and do absolutely nothing, <laughs> like, in the time it would take, unless right. you did it in the middle well, of the night, I suppose, but... Which I guess was maybe the plan. Maybe. I don't know. But, um, you know, again. Because that bridge has people on is, it a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and this is, again, like, this is, like, if you're on a date with someone who brings you to the spot that they had selected to kill themselves, like, leave this date. <laughs> like, this is not good. This person needs Cereals. help. Help. Like, yeah, yeah. active help right away. Yeah. Um, unsurprisingly, Gary is very upset by this reveal of information. Um, she tells him that she's been waiting her whole life for someone like him. Again, horrifying information to hear on a first (laughs) day. Um, this is when she also tells him that from her perspective, they've been dating for five months. Um... So his response to that is to freak out and leave. That's the correct response. Which seems only fair. Um, And then there's like a series of scenes where we see this play out over and over again, but the exact same way. Mm -hmm. Um, And Sheila is actually getting upset at him because, I mean, I guess what's interesting about this movie is, like, because at the end, June tries to imply that, like, they're still having a relationship, even though it's this very, like, asymmetrical experience. Mm-hmm. Um, because she is having these experiences of, like, why are you always leaving me when I need, you. need your help? Yeah. Like, or your emotional support or whatever. And I get that, like, and I've experienced that in relationships, but at the same time, I'm like, he he's literally known you from his perspective yeah. for no more than six hours. Yeah. Like that's asking a lot. What is it you expect him to do? Right. Exactly. Right. Um, so then we get back into the restaurant, whereupon Sheila reveals that they've been dating for a year. Um. And she has actually gotten actively bored uh, with the relationship and with Gary. Um, and that makes and sense, it's, but like, it's the not convers- his fault, per se. Yes. No. I mean, the converse... This is why it's... I don't know if this movie is trying to make some sort of statement about relationships in general or something, but, like... Because the conversation that she has is this one-sided one that does exist in relationships where both people are on the same timeline, (laughs) which is like, um, you know, I'm doing all this work for the relationship. What are you bringing? Like we've been together a year. 
I'm bored, I'm irritated, like mm-hmm. whatever. Those conversations do happen in relationships. But um, in this case, it's like, babe, like, of course you're doing everything for the relationship. This relationship wouldn't exist if you didn't keep coming back like, to it. totally curate it. Right, right. Like, um, what are you expecting this fucking schlub to do right. about it? Yeah, choose someone um, besides Pete Davidson if you want something different. Yeah, well, certainly. And that's precisely what happens. So Gary freaks out and leaves. Sheila then talks with the waiter, Amit, and decides that she's going to fix Gary. She's going to use the time machine to fix Gary so that she won't be so irritated by the things that she finds irritating (laughs) about him. Um, Amit tells her that you can't change people, which you can't. Um, But then she manages to because she... We jump to some time later, and we're back at the bar, and Gary is now visibly different yep. uh, in every way. Um, and so they end up going to a fancy restaurant. Um, Gary has now, like taken her to some kind of like molecular gastronomy sort of place. Like none of the food actually looks edible. (laughs) Um, And now he's like a tech bro. Yeah. And into rock climbing. This is another thing I was going to ask you about. Have you noticed lately, I've run across this in a couple different things. Rock climbing seems to now be indicative of somebody being a douche. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Because um, a lot of people, yeah. in, I would say a lot of people on Brooklyn rock climb. Maybe not a lot, but like at least on, on some level, like a hobby, you know, they would go to Brooklyn boulders and do like some indoor bouldering. You know what I mean? Um, I did not know that it was yeah. synonymous with douche baggery at this point. Yeah, I feel like I've run across this now in a couple different things where like the person who is the way that someone is signaled to be completely irritating <laughs> is their interrock climbing. Oh, that's interesting. And that's all they talk about oh, as well mm-hmm. is like rock climbing. Well, I would say things. that, um, yeah, when something becomes your whole personality, that in general is irritating to most people no matter what fun. it is. But yeah. yeah, I yeah. could see that. Um, yeah, so anyway, Sheila now approaches this Gary with information about how she has traveled in time. And she also reveals that like she had always been telling him that the time machine can only go back 24 hours, but that in fact, that was a lie as well, that the time machine can take you anywhere um, in time, but you can only stay there for 24 hours. Um, So this is when she says, this is our one year anniversary which, needless to say, Gary doesn't love. Um, and then finally, they have this, like, big blow-up out on the street um, because she mentions how she's made changes to him, and she's, like, kind of in her mind ticking off new changes she's going to make because she doesn't actually like this version <laughs> of Gary mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, what did you change? Like, what have you done? And so then we cut back to Gary's house in the past, 
Um, and little young Gary is reading a book. He carries it out. It's a book by Ursula K. Le Guin called The Right Hand of Lightness, um, which is actually not a real book. Um, but Ursula K. Le Guin is a real science fiction writer, and she has written a book called The Left Hand of Darkness. Oh, that's funny. So that's like that's a funny little an inside joke yeah. or whatever. Um, meanwhile, Sheila is dressed as a man and offers to play catch with Gary. So strange. Um, I guess because she had sussed out from these many, many that dates. That he didn't have that, like a father well, figure. Yeah, I, so I don't know what happened to traveling Professor Harold Hill, um, <laughs> but I guess he wasn't around enough for Gary to feel like he had like a reliable male figure in his life, and so this guy becomes that person, and she basically tells him to like act like a man more, <laughs> um, like she tells him to watch wrestling. Right. Sometimes, and um, I mean, there was also a bit where like young Gary is doing miming, and she's just like, <laughs> "Stop that immediately," <laughs> which is always good advice. Yeah. Um, so we cut back to the street, and current Gary, tech bro, rock climbing Gary, is like, you were Uncle Charlie? I loved that guy. <laughs> that is, so, um, that is he a like, crazy thing to find out if you thought about that. Like, I don't, would you even believe it? Yeah. Like, I, well, and then this is the other thing, and this is where the time stuff really starts to like get blown out in this weird way. He says that he was playing catch with Uncle Charlie for like three years. Yeah. So... I don't know how she's finding the time for that, but like, and she also a couple times mentions how she has single-handedly assassinated someone worse than Hitler that she keeps referring to as Smithson. And I'm like, how much time have you got in this time machine? Yeah, it's very confusing with the whole, because, and then she, but she's only been a year with him, but she's... Right. Yeah, that's very confusing. My my brain can't comprehend that. Well, and as well, if you really want to, like, break your brain, the other thing is, like, okay, so you're traveling back in time over and over and over again, but, like, you, and you're experiencing the passage of time, so, like, you should be aging. Oh, that's interesting. But she's yeah, clearly not. Yeah, which she doesn't seem to be. No. Yeah, so I don't know. Anyway, um, Gary does not like that she was Uncle Charlie. Um, she also reveals that she has, quote unquote, deleted a few people from his life <laughs> over the years. I don't know what that means, but it probably means she ran them over with her car. <laughs> She's just like a good murderer, um, left and right. Yeah, she also reveals that she arranged to have Gary lose his virginity to the pizza delivery lady. Also strange. In the past. That I really was like... No, I mean, again, the whole point of this is to say that you can't, like, we've seen this in a lot of different things we've talked about. You can't create the perfect partner. Like, you just can't do it. But um, even if you could sort of do it, I would say one of the places I wouldn't engage is their, like, sexual conquests (laughs) or lack thereof. Like, 
that's not a thing I want to be involved in. No, well, um, and it also seems like but, I feel like there's a consent problem there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're really yeah. manipulating that in some type of time travelery way, that seems like that could really border on being problematic quickly. Indeed. And I I couldn't quite tell, but like later on, Sheila undoes this choice because she's like, that was a bad thing that I did and it turned Gary weird or whatever. Yeah. But like, um, I couldn't tell if the implication was that she paid the pizza delivery lady to have sex with a child, basically. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know either. There was something that wasn't great there. <laughs> no. Um, then, of course, we get back into the present. Gary is extremely upset at her, and she's, like, not even caring because she's like, I'll just reset you. And he's like, don't fucking reset me. Like, what are you talking about? And um, basically, he's like, and, like, you might think that you can reset me, but I'm going to remember this feeling, and I'm going to have a bad feeling about you. Mm. Like, you can't do this. And... Sheila's like, whatever, I just want to work on our relationship. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, so then she does go back to his past to try and correct some of these changes that she made to him. Um, and then we get back into the nail salon. Sheila gets out of the tanning bed and, oh no, it's not yet, but she does look tired. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. She looks tired yeah. at this point. And she's like, June's sitting there, and she's like, I did it. I finally fixed everything. You know, Gary's kind of back the way he was originally. And June is quite skeptical of that. Um, And she's like, you know, have you ever thought about the fact that, like, you can't undo people's trauma? Mm -hmm. um, And that actually pain and trauma are essential components to what makes people who they are like who a person becomes Mm -hmm. yeah um sheila is not convinced of this (laughs) um and she's basically like i am just gonna make this work Mm -hmm. um by this point when she gets to the bar as you can see in the outline i say sheila looks pretty partied out (laughs) um and I say partied out because of the way she looks. Like, yeah. there's a certain look that a person gets when they have been doing, like, hard partying for, like, many days oh, yeah. in a row. It's sort of like the, and it's it's the, like the that, crusted makeup. It's, like, sticky yeah. looking. Like, you've, you've had a shower somewhere in the mix, yeah. but it's not been recent enough. And it was never thorough enough, <laughs> whatever one you took. Like... And your makeup, yeah, it looks not great. Your hair looks greasy and flat. Like, um, you look like what you really need is, like, a very large bottle of Gatorade and a very restorative nap, like, in a bed. Yeah. Um, you know, that sort of thing. So she is at the bar. She looks as she looks. She approaches Gary... Again, and 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 here I would be like, I don't want to sound like a really shallow bitch, but like if someone who looked like she looked approached me at a bar, 
I would be like, please don't sit next to me. <laughs> well, it's sort of, I mean, she wasn't, not that she was acting drunk or anything, but she's a little bit like that character. It reminded me a little bit of that character from SNL that's like the drunk girl you wish you didn't start a conversation with, where, you know, yeah, you just don't know where this might go. Or it, also, she just looks sad, so it could just be really, it could get sad really quick. Yeah. No, I mean, I I have been in the position where, like, someone who is visibly partied out has tried <laughs> to, like, sit next to me or talk to me. And I'm just like, I'm going to give you monosyllabic answers and then you're going to go. Yeah. Like, um, because whatever's happening with you is not great. And yeah, I don't want to Yeah, and again, be like you said, they need, they need – Gatorade in a nap and not to be talking to anyone yeah, else. Like I don't want to, I don't want to be here when the party train gets to the last station. <laughs> I don't want to be here for that. Um, so just get away from me, please. Um, and what's interesting here is that um, Gary, he, like she sits down, they start talking, and Gary says he gets like this really intense deja vu when speaking to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the deja vu is a, is is lots of sadness mm. um, and bad feeling, um, which is precisely what he said, like previous version of him said would happen. Right. Um, she then again does this time travel bit, which shockingly works even this time. <laughs> um, and they're out on the street again, walking around, and this is when. Gary says the traveling professor joke, and Sheila says her dad is a traveling alcoholic spending every night in the same bar, and she has this look on her face where then she realizes she is now that living that same mm-hmm. life. Um, and they have another confrontation where Gary says, like, I really need you to stop doing this time travel bit I don't like it um it makes me feel actively bad um and she starts they have again there's a lot of public fighting on the street which again not a good look is very to me no it's not a good look but I feel like it happens in New York a lot oh for sure for sure yeah well you can't help it especially like if you're like newly in a relationship where you don't live together, you can't, like, go home and fight. Where are you going to (laughs) go? Right. Well, and sometimes, let's face it, like, you're so angry at someone, you need to, like, shout at them right there in public. Oh, yeah. And because it's New York, it feels like it's okay. (laughs) And no one will call the cops. Yeah, well, there's a lot of... care that much. Like, unless it's, like, really, really drastic. I mean, I think what I like about New York, like, I, again, we've talked about this off air. I couldn't live in New York, but one of the things I do like about it as a place is, like, there is simultaneously, like, people are at, like, 100% emoting levels. Yeah. And at the same time, nobody d- does anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, like... Like, I have definitely, on the streets of New York, seen people who are, like, having quite obviously the worst day of their life. <laughs> um, yeah. And it, and there's so many ways the worst day of your life could shake sure. out. Sure. 
right? Like, um, sometimes it's somebody who looks really partied out. Sometimes it's someone who Crying is like the train. actively weeping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, all the time. I've seen um, that so many sometimes, times. Sometimes it's someone like literally shouting at the sky and shaking their fist. Yeah. And, you know, like it's just every version of human suffering is available to you to see. Yeah. And at the same time, everyone else is just like walking by like, Fucking, it's Tuesday at 9.45 a.m. Yeah. What do you want me to do about Absolutely. it? Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yeah. Because if you did anything about it, you would become weird. Like, if you yes. tried to intervene yes. on a fight, if you tried to ask somebody why they were crying, if you tried to, like, whatever, yeah. all, then you are weird now. You've made it weird. Let yes. these people And live you don't their want to life. know the answer. Yeah, of course, because what are you going to yeah, really do? Yeah, you don't. I've seen people cry on the train. Yeah, Where are we going to actually don't. go up to a stranger and be like, how can I help? Like. No. <laughs> no. Never. There, no. Because, see, this is my whole thing is my thing would be if you went up to someone who was crying on the train and said, how can I help? I assume the next immediate sentence is, give me $50. Yeah, well, and it's, <laughs> like just, well, the thing, and also, too, like, there is a funny thing about New York where, like, listen, I've cried on the train, and it's not even, like, been anything, like, that dramatic, but I don't want anyone coming into my space to cry on the train. <laughs> so I don't want anyone asking me. <laughs> I, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, like, I put my sunglasses yes. on and I'm crying in my own room in my head. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want right, you to right. call attention to the fact that you're seeing this. Or also, sometimes I like to publicly cry so that no one talks to me. Or that. That's also a good tactic. Yeah, that's one of the great things about it is it just, like, makes everyone think you're invisible when you do well, that. Well, it's just like, ooh, and pain. So Gotta stay away from that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So anyway, they're having this like fight out in public, like, and I think actually, like, it looked like they were actually in the middle of a street. Yeah. Um, which again suggests that this was more of like a neighborhoody part of town yeah. where like they weren't going to get hit by a car while they're doing this. Yeah. And Gary basically tells her that she needs to let him go. That whatever the however long this has been going on for is, like, no longer okay. And she basically tells him that, like, she can't do that because this relationship that she has constructed, like, it's all her, um, is, like, the only thing that has made her happy and, like, prevented her from killing herself, um, which is, like... It's a lot to take on for somebody else. And again... Again, this is the whole thing. Like, I'm not sure. I just, I wish, I don't know what this movie is trying to tell us about relationships or anything. Or maybe it's not trying to tell us. I don't know. But, like, that's another thing. People, if you are in a relationship where someone says to you something along the lines of, if we're not together, I might kill myself. You are not in a good relationship. Yeah. That is actually a very bad sign yeah. like of what is going on. And you actually need to leave that relationship and you actually need to not worry about whether or not that person is actually going to make good on that threat because yeah. it's a threat and it's a manipulation. Yeah. And so anyway, that is what is happening 
Um, so he kind of accepts this, though, which is rather strange. Um, and he lets her kind of operate under the belief that everything is fine. She's said this information, he accepts it, mm-hmm. and he'll see her tomorrow. Mm. What he's actually decided to do, however, is to use the time machine himself to go into Sheila's past to try and fix her. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when, this is what I mean about, like, I'm not sure what this movie is trying to say about relationships because basically Gary is complaining to June about how, like, he's gotten caught into this thing with this woman who he doesn't know, mm-hmm. and he's, like, having this, like, ongoing nonsense, and she's like, well, it just sounds like it's a relationship, and he says, no, it isn't, it's not real, it's too orchestrated, she's controlled everything, um, and she's like, that also sounds like a relationship, I, like... I don't know. There was something weird about this where I was like, I'm not sure that's what I think a relationship is, but <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Um, and then, of course, we saw this coming. He goes to June's past, and then he is the very kind cable guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who she remembers from her childhood. Um, I also thought it was interesting because so when he goes back to Sheila's home to try and change her mm-hmm. Little baby Sheila has one of those like toys for kids where it's like a wooden square with different shape holes Mm -hmm. in it. And you're meant to like hammer a block or put a block through the hole that's like appropriate to the shape thing. Uh And she is trying to hammer um, like a round block through a square hole Mm -hmm. and it's not going through and she's crying. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So what this says that Sheila has tried to make things impossible work forever. Her whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Or try to change things. This is when Gary comforts. Yes. Try to make something that doesn't fit. Yeah. Um, Gary comforts her by saying it's okay for things to be messy sometimes. We get the call back, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Gary comes back to the present. He thanks uh, June and then leaves. Or no, he doesn't leave. Well, he's in the back in the tanning bed time machine. Sheila comes in. She thanks June for all of her help and leaves. Gary comes out and June is like, you better go find Sheila. Not really sure why she says that. But then, of course, we get the kind of climax end of the movie. Sheila's back on the bridge. She tells herself she's going, she tells Gary she's going to kill herself basically because um, this relationship, I guess, I don't know if she says it, but I think what we're meant to understand is like now, whatever kind of happiness this relationship had provided to her is no longer working. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Gary doesn't want her to do that. Now, again, just as a quick check-in, from Gary's perspective... He's still only known her for one day. Right. Like, for a few hours, he's known her. And he's now traveled in time on her behalf. Yeah. Come back. She says she wants to kill herself. He says, please don't do that. 
he tells her that he got into the time machine and saw the future and that it's great and so and that she was there so she has to she can't kill herself now Mm -hmm. she doesn't believe him um and i'm not really again i didn't really get this as the metaphor but he was like the proof about the future is on the other side of the bridge, so you have to walk to the other side of the bridge. Well, okay, here's my question. Do you and think he really went to the future, or was he just saying that? We don't know, I guess. I think we don't know. We don't know. I think he might have just been saying that. Okay. That's my take. Okay. Um, so he starts walking away from her to cross the bridge, and he doesn't turn around. But when he gets to the other side of the bridge, he looks for her. And for a while, it seems like she's not there. But then, oh, happy day. She is back there. And then they have this, like, big hug. And, like, it's gone from deepest night to, like, dawn. And then I was like, how long does it take to walk across this bridge? It's okay. Because it was night. Yeah. And then it was day. Yeah. Well, the whole bridge itself, because uh, where they were at, they looked like they were sort of in the middle of it. I think the whole bridge long is approximately a mile. So it doesn't take as long as what they were. It's it n- takes 20 minutes. Yeah. It's n- to walk and they were, already, they were already, I think, halfway across because I would assume she would have jumped at the highest point, which is in the middle. So I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. But where from where he was going to where he ended up, it would take 15 minutes at most, I think. Okay. Yeah, because I was like, wait a minute, it's day now? Yeah. <laughs> what? Um and and then I was like, how long was this date? Like what's going on? Seriously. I mean I know that New York is a place where you could have a date that goes, like, overnight. I guess so. If you wanted to. I know that. But, like, I just didn't get the impression that they were together that long. And then, again, from his perspective, he still has only just met her. But now... And he's, like, saved her life and everything. He's, like, saved her life or whatever. And, and then they're in love or something. I don't know. Because, like... um. I don't know either. The final scene is like they're back at the park and they're like walking together and they seem like they're having a great time. And then Gary asks her like, oh, well, if we've been dating for so long, like, have we ever had sex? And she's like, oh, I'll never tell or something. And it's like, (laughs) wait. And then then the movie's over. Yeah. Well, I guess like maybe we're supposed to buy that, like some of the hints that he said about like his body remembering or his like muscle memory or whatever that he has like a feeling of knowing her without knowing her so he like it's a little bit different than like any normal first date I guess we're supposed to believe that I don't know but I don't know I don't know it's I mean that's the thing it's like even (laughs) it is weird but even with a thing like Groundhog Day I guess the difference is, is with Groundhog Day, ultimately what Bill Murray ends up doing with that day is working his ass off to try and make Andy McDowell fall in love with him at the end of it. Yeah. Here, however, it seems like Kaylee Cuoco is finding every way to actively make Pete Davidson miserable. Yeah. So and, like, like, she hasn't bettered herself. I think that's also the piece in no. Groundhog Day where it's, like, 
yeah, it starts off pretty bad, and a lot of his reasons for, like, doing things is, like, bad, but he ends up bettering himself in that he learns how to play the piano. <laughs> he learns that, like, I mean, he, right. like, does make use of that time where hers right. was so focused on him. Was she looking <laughs> inward at all? To No, I mean, she certainly doesn't seem like a character who has grown at Not all. Not really, no. Like, if anyone has grown, it's Gary, yes. which is insane, because, like, how can you grow over three hours? Right. Like, um, I mean, unless you have, like, a great therapy session or something. <laughs> I don't know, but, like... No, that it is um, true. I think... So, yeah, she's not, like, she basically, where we've ended up at the end of the movie is that a man who seemingly probably has a thing for women with problems (laughs) has been manipulated by a woman with problems and and quite serious ones, we could imagine. Um, And and then similarly, this woman has pinned her her literal entire existence on the success of this relationship. Like, I just don't think that's... That doesn't sound like a rom-com at all. That sounds like a fucking horror story. Right, well, and also he he um, does... I don't know if we said it, but, like, he also mentions that during one of the dates that he just got out of a long-term relationship and, like, it's complicated and he doesn't want to, like, get into anything. And so from, like... The perspective of that, not that that matters, but, like, he, I don't know. Like, now he's all of a sudden in this thing where, like, if that next day he said, oh, by the way, like, this is actually too much. I need to take it slow. She will freak out, you know, like, because she's in it in such a different way, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's totally right. Like, he, this is not someone who's gonna be like a great casual rebound person oh my god like, um absolutely under no circumstance Oof. will that be possible no she will so, be like cooking okay. your rabbit before you know it <laughs> absolutely um so in terms of yawns and eye rolls here we are at yawns and eye rolls for yawns one yawn is um Edge of my seat entertainment. <laughs> um, and Ten Yawns is like, I was under a blanket and fell asleep. Um, what would you give it? Well, not it would never be an insult to a movie or anything if I was under a blanket and fell asleep because that is like the general MO. But Just your lifestyle? Um, <laughs> I would say probably like a two. I was in it for this one. I wasn't bored. It was, you know, short enough. For me, it was in the 90-minute range or so. Um, I can hang with that. And because it's, like, rom-com-y, like, I'm good with that. Yeah. So, yeah, like a two. Yeah, I think I would say two as well. And And the only reason I hesitate to do a one is because, yeah, this has, like, become a bit of a... A boring genre, I guess. Um, like, I just, I I feel like I've not seen any super new ideas yeah. coming out of this. Yeah. Um, in terms of eye rolls, one eye roll is, um, yeah, 
bought the world, <laughs> everything's fine. And 10 eye rolls is like, I don't even know what is happening mm. here. What would you give it? Well, considering the nail salon tanning bed um, time machine of it all, <laughs> um, which I do like as a concept. Do I buy it? Um, that's another story. It, time travel ones are rough for me in terms of like sure. buying into the world and understanding the world. Um, you know, as straightforward kind of as this one was, I guess I'll say like a five or six just because like mm. straight up yeah. time travel stuff is, is tough for me. And there was, like you mentioned, even stuff that I didn't think of, but that you brought up <laughs> that, that uh, doesn't really quite make sense. Um, like the thing of her killing herself for in the past over and over. Right. Um, so yeah, like five yeah. or six. Ish. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that one too because yeah, time travel, the time travel storyline, no matter how you're using it or like for what purpose or like what genre of time travel, um, it just always raises so many paradoxes yeah. that that often the the movie or the TV show itself. Mm-hmm says in the in the thing although this one doesn't do it um they say this is a paradox so it can't be explained right and, and i don't like, like that what i don't i that <laughs> makes me mad when something somebody's like i created yeah. this thing but i can't explain it no 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 you made that up so you right. better explain it to me <laughs> and and if you are and that's the other thing is like i mean this movie isn't quite this way but other time travel uh, concept things tend to have varying forms of rules yes. at play. Yeah. And so I'm like, so you made up those rules so you can explain right. this thing or that thing. Like, right. it doesn't matter. Like, it's a show. Like, right. it's, ma- it's all made up. So just explain it. Yeah. Like, just give us a reason. Um, and they often don't like to. Yeah. So that's annoying. That is annoying. Um, so finally, did you like this and would you recommend it? Hmm. Um, yeah, I liked it fine. Uh, again, I think we said at the top, like nothing necessarily to write home about, like not anything yeah. groundbreaking per se. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. It's, you know, goes down easy. Um not a hard watch. Um, would I recommend it? Again, so it's sort of like a, sure. <laughs> Maybe not to like everybody. Um, but uh, if you like Kaylee Cuoco and or Pete Davidson, maybe I would say try it. Mm, if mm. you like dumb rom-coms, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> like, um <laughs> Yeah, it would be sort of like maybe a lukewarm recommend, but I would. Sure. Yeah, I would say for myself, I liked it okay, but I don't think I would recommend it. That's fair. Because if you want like a fun rom-com, this isn't that. (laughs) Um, Like we we talked a lot about suicide and death. That's true. And so that's like not what I associate with a fun rom-com. That's very true. Um, 
So that's kind of like made it out of the cards for me. Mm -hmm. And then as well, like in uh, again, like in terms of this genre of like time travel and like romance or time travel and comedy, there are other things that are better. Yeah, that's true. In those and just more fun, really. Like you said, like just yeah. things that are more yeah. fun. And even if you really like Kelly Cuoco or Pete Davidson. I think both of them are probably in other stuff that would also be more fun. More That's pleasant. true. That is true. So, yeah. So for me, it's not a recommend, but it's like I liked it well enough. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. Um, well, in that case, it's been a pleasure as always, Amy. I am Sarah, and we will see you next week in space. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.